Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. From football playoffs to basketball madness, TCL Roku TVs are the best way to stream your favorite live sports. With all the biggest sports channels, a sports zone with all available games in one place, and apps like iHeartRadio with sports podcasts such as The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Cheering on your favorite team has never been easier. A big screen TCL Roku TV offers premium picture and sound quality, so you'll feel like you're right in the action. Find the perfect TCL Roku TV for you today at Amazon.com. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook. As we get you ready for the NCAA tournament, two games on Tuesday, two games on Wednesday in terms of the playing. Thursday at noon, the whole shebang starts. So uh, excited for it. This is about as good a time of year as we get with the NCAA tournament. It leads right into baseball, NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs. Days get a little bit warmer. Days get a little bit longer. Already at daylight savings time. So start to feel like you break out of the funk of February. You know, that post-Super Bowl kind of malaise where not a lot going on between uh, the soup, end of the Super Bowl and really NCAA tournament, conference tournament. We are through that period. We got baseball back. So uh, excited for everything. Ian McMillan of Betside will join us. We'll go through the brackets. Uh, we talk region by region. Gives us a final four. We break down some of the local games, how to fill out your bracket. So uh, excited for the conversation with Ian. But before that, local lines presented by Bet River Sportsbook. Nets in Orlando tonight. Nets minus 10, total 231. Uh, Nets have now won three in a row. Rangers minus 220, hosting the Anaheim Ducks, total five and a half. And the Islanders are in Washington, total five and a half. Uh, Washington's minus 150 here. I actually like both dogs here. The Ducks are, are not bad, 27 and 25. You can get them plus 175 at Bet River Sportsbook. Uh, you know, we, we know the Rangers, they got a big time goalie. The rest of the team is kind of meh. So um, that to me, that line's a little inflated. I'm actually going to bet the Ducks. And I'm going to bet the Islanders too. The Islanders have played pretty well here after just a disastrous start. Obviously, a disappointing year there. Two games away from making the Stanley Cup two years ago in the bubble. One game away from making the Stanley Cup last year where they would have won it. Uh, definitely taking a step back this year. They had COVID. They had injuries. They had a lot go wrong. But they've been playing well. You know, they're well coached. So 
I like both dogs tonight in the hockey. I, I know a little more hockey than you might think, and we're going to do some hockey uh, as the playoffs come uh, you know, a month away here. So as the playoffs approach, we'll, we'll do a little more hockey, but do like both dogs tonight. Nets minus 10, like I mentioned, in Orlando. It was this time last week I was like, you know what? We've been giving the Nets the benefit of the doubt. They're about to play Charlotte. And we know they have Durant. We know all the talent. But at some point, the Nets have to win a game. This, that was this time last week, last Tuesday, before they played the Hornets. They went out. They finally buried the Hornets after losing 17 out of 20. Going to Philly, uh, we, we know they took care of Philly pretty easily. Then they squeaked by the Knicks. Durant has just been playing out of his mind, I still think. Uh, he's the best player. Now, he, he's hurt too much. He's not on the court enough to be considered you know, the most consistent player and, and part of being the best player is, you know, being on the court 60, 70 games. Durant just always seems to be missing a month, six weeks, if not more. I mean, missed a whole season uh, a couple years ago. But when he's out there, he's just unbelievable. Not that uh, not that you needed me to tell you that, but um, now we kind of see the Nets and why they've gotten the benefit of the doubt this whole time. They are now 35 and 33. Still only one game ahead of Atlanta for the nine. And again, that, that playing kind of gets lumped in uh, at, as one big thing where, you know, the seven, eight, nine, ten, like it's all the same thing. There's a huge difference between being seven and eight and nine and ten. Uh, if you're the eight, you only need to win one game. If you're the seven, you only need to one, win one game. If you're the seven, you get two home games. Uh, if you're the eight, you, you got to win, get one chance on the road, and then you host if you lose. So, if the Nets are the eight, they're going to get in. Even if they somehow slip to nine, which I don't think they will. Uh, again, that makes it tough where you got to win both. But Nets should be in pretty good shape here uh, to stay in the eight spot. They're three games behind the Raptors for the seven. Can they catch them? Not impossible. 14 games left. Three out in the loss column. Not impossible. Not impossible. Uh, to move up out of the play-in into the main draw, they are four behind the Cavs. And again, they would have to leapfrog the Raptors and the Cavs because if you just catch the Cavs, that just moves the Raptors up. And so you got, you got to jump the Raptors and the Cavs to get from eight to six. Uh, again, 18 games left, four back in the lost column. Is it impossible they catch the Cavs? Uh, it's not, but it's not likely. Uh, the Nets still plus 550 to win the title at Bet River Sportsbook. As we look at the odds here, I don't think... That's where I go here. I just don't look. You're gonna have to win a a playing game, and then a round against you know probably been Milwaukee in the first round, and then uh, it gets tougher from there. So as we check out the odds here at Bet River Sportsbook, um, you know Suns and Warriors are both at the top of the board here. When you look at the futures, both plus 400 to win it all. Then come the Nets at plus 550, the Bucks plus 650, the Sixers plus 700, the Heat 10 to 1, Celtics 17 to 1, Jazz 18 to 1, Grizzlies 25 to 1, Nuggets 30 to 1, as are the Bulls, Mavs 40 to 1, Clippers 50 to 1, Lakers you can forget about, they're 60 to 1, then Cavs 80 to 1. This might actually be a time, the Sixers haven't played well, they've lost 3 of 5 now, this might actually be a time to jump on the Sixers at 7 to 1. Uh, they don't have... I don't know they have enough shooting. They look a step slow. I mean, everyone kind of crowned them after a couple games, you know, beating the Timberwolves and beating the Knicks. Games that were closer than the final score indicated, at least the Knicks ones. Uh, we've seen them now pl not play well. They, they lost last night to the Nuggets and blew a lead late. Uh, they were lucky to beat Orlando. They got buried by the by the Nets on Thursday. So the, the Sixers have come back to earth, down to earth here. This might be a time to jump on them. Again, Nets plus 550 to win it all. 
Uh, I'm not sure about that one. Nets plus 250 to come out of the East. They are the favorite. You know, Nets plus 250. Bucks are plus 275. Sixers are three to one. Heat are plus 450. Uh, you know, that's tough. I gun to my head, I would still pick the Bucks. I would still pick the Bucks, but uh, the Nets are, are certainly viable, and you could have the two favorites, the Nets and the Bucks, squaring off in the first round. So, uh, Nets minus ten in Orlando tonight. You figure they get another win, move a couple games over five hundred, uh, and, and they've played pretty well here lately. Uh, this would put them at thirty six to thirty three, thirty six and thirty three. But I do actually lean Orlando tonight in the game. Orlando, uh, it's funny they're eighteen and fifty one, but they've played hard. They've actually played okay. They were they covered against the Sixers the other night on Sunday night. They were plus twelve, and they're up four in overtime. They actually had a big lead. And then up four in overtime and with a minute left, and the Sixers somehow found a way to steal the game. They won their two previous games. They beat the Timberwolves. They upset somebody else here as I'm looking at Orlando uh, the last few games. They've actually played okay. They've actually played okay. Um, and, yeah, they beat the Timberwolves. They beat the Pelicans in New Orleans. Lost by three to the Suns. So um, Orlando's been okay. You figure maybe it's a little bit of a letdown spot here in Orlando for the Nets. So, uh, I would lean Magic here, taking the 10. Not a big bet. Not a big bet. This is just a, uh, a a tentative lean here towards the Magic. If I had to bet the game, I certainly would. I actually like the hockey games better. I like the Islanders and the Rain, and the uh, the Ducks at plus money. So Islanders at plus money, Ducks at plus money, and give me the Magic plus 10. Those are the local lines presented by Bet River Sportsbook. When we come back, Ian McMillan of Bet Sided will go through the brackets region by region, the local games, everything. That is next. This is a New York City cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. It's been a trip going to New Jersey to place your online sports bets, but those days are over. Legal online sports betting is now live in New York with Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Sign up right now. Download the Bet Rivers app or go to betrivers.com. Get an account and start making your bets right here in New York. You even get up to a $250 match on your first deposit. That's Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Must be 21. Playable New York only. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. All right, we are back. He is back. This is the New York City cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. He is the senior editor for Bet Sided. He is Ian McMillan. Follow him on Twitter at Ian McBets. Ian, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. It's one of the best weeks of the year. I'm very tired. I've been staring at the bracket ever since it got released. Uh, I've been staring at numbers, trying to handicap every game. So I'm excited. I'm tired. I'm ready to go. Uh, like I said, one of the best weeks of the year. Yeah, we are recording this. It's Monday night, 8 o'clock Eastern. I am still drinking caffeine. I'm still recovering from championship week. It started Wednesday. It was kind of a normal day, but you got games all day. Then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, there's like basically felt like 80, 90 games a day. It was actually a little bit of a relief, somewhat of a withdrawal Sunday and today on Monday where you didn't really have any games. Yesterday there were only five, but uh, just nonstop action. If you love basketball, if you love betting, it was uh, it was a great weekend. Yeah, uh, nonsense. I mean, today, like, there's no games today, but today was like the first full day where you can kind of dive into your brackets and, and your bets for the first round, and uh, a lot of games to get through to handicap. So, uh, busy day in that regard. A lot to get to. Let's get right into it. Anything jump out from for you, and just in terms of selection, I, I'm I'm kind of a weird guy. I think anytime there's controversy, I kind of love it. With some team gets inex uh, inexplicably left out or inexplicably put in, you know, teams people flip out. We didn't really have that this year. There wasn't that crazy controversy. I guess I guess you could have made a case A and M belonged to be in anything that really surprised you. Uh, selection Sunday. 
No, I agree. To, yeah, to be honest, I like there's usually a couple things that, that that I'm pretty upset about. I thought the bracket was was pretty fair to be honest from top to bottom. I thought maybe Alabama was seated a little bit too high. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe you could have put Texas A&M in, but I don't really know who you would have taken out. I mean, Texas A&M had a, had a, you know, an average season in an SEC conference that really wasn't that strong this year. Their Oda conference schedule wasn't really anything impressive. Um, so he, yeah, I, I, I mean, maybe you could have put Texas A&M in, but it didn't really, I wasn't too upset about it, but, uh, I was, I was pretty happy with the bracket. I, I thought, I thought it was a decent job of uh, selection. Yeah, I think you can always quibble when you got 64, 68 teams. You can always quibble right. with the seeding. I thought Houston was underseeded. I thought that's yeah, a tough break for UAB. And uh, there were some kind of inconsistencies. Even Memphis is a nine. They really didn't show a lot of respect to the American Conference. But again, it's never going to be perfect. It's kind of the way it is. I was a little disappointed that, um, you know, San Francisco, Murray State, those are two, you know, really good mid majors. And putting them head-to-head, -head, you're going to knock one of them off right away. But uh, any bets you have in pocket or any, anything you've already done? Oh, several bets. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm doing the same. I, I think I did this last year as well. Uh, same thing I did for the NFL season I do with March Madness is I bet on literally every single game. So um, I'm in the process of going through every single game. I think I'm at around maybe a third of the way through. Uh, and then I'm going to record my podcast tonight, the Bacon Bets podcast, and break down my pick for every single game. So uh, whatever we, one you want to talk about, uh, I at least have a bet locked in for some of them at this point, but I have a feel for most of them. So where do you want to go? All right, let's start, uh, I guess because it's first, the playing game on Wednesday just because it's local. Rutgers and Notre Dame. Notre Dame's now minus one, total 132. Any lean, any bet in terms of that one? Yeah, I got I got the over in that one. I, I think the spread is set around right. I, I think it truly is a little bit of a coin flip. But one thing that I noticed when looking at this game is that both teams' offensive strengths fit well against the opposing team's defensive weaknesses. So Notre Dame's primarily a three-point shooting team. Rutgers is 202nd in opponent three-point field goal percentage. Uh, and uh, they allow just a, a lot of points uh, from the interior. And then the opposite is true. Uh, the other way, Rutgers is a two-point shooting team, and kind of Notre Dame's defensive weakness is on the interior. So uh, I think we're going to get a, a lot of points in that game. So I'm taking the over. If I were to lean a spread, I actually do kind of like Notre Dame. Underrated shooting team, 28th in effective field goal percentage. So I do kind of lean at Notre Dame, but uh, for betting's sake, I'm going to stick to the over. Uh, how about any of these other playing games? Anything jump out of you? Texas Southern versus, was it Texas Corpus Christi? We got Wyoming, Indiana. Um, and we just mentioned Rutgers in, and uh, Notre Dame. Any of the other playing games you like strongly one way or another? Uh, I haven't looked at the 16 seed. I will say, I mean, kind of kind of a side note, I don't think the playing game should be 16 seed games. Because, I mean, th these are teams who, uh, you know, I'm curious if you agree with me or not, these are teams who won their conference, rightfully have a bid to the conference tournament, uh, and then a couple of them, like, won't even make it to the actual yeah. tournament. They have to do the play-in game. And also... Nobody really cares about watching a 16 seed playing game. So I think it should be the at-large bids. Let them battle it out during the week. More people are going to watch those games than two random 16 seeds that, like I said, it doesn't matter because the winner of it's going to lose in a couple days anyway. So those games literally don't matter. Nobody cares about them. Uh, so I haven't handicapped those 16 seed uh, games yet. Uh, what's the other one? Wyoming and Indiana, correct? Yeah, Indiana laying four now. I think I am going to go Wyoming. Uh, I haven't locked in my bet for that one yet, but I've been riding Wyoming all year. They're one of my favorite teams to bet on. One of the teams that I've won the most money on betting this year. Uh, each season, actually, I, I kind of have a yearly tradition that the team that I win the most money on betting 
I buy their jersey. Uh, and I think Wyoming is my team this year. Last year, uh, last year I actually went with Abilene Christian because I, I bet big on their money lined up at Texas in the first round. They came through for me the year before that. It was UC Irvine. Uh, so I kind of got to just ride Wyoming just for the amount of money they won me this year. All right, sounds good. I think I'm with you there. I was a little surprised they got in the tournament. I thought they were deserving. Yeah. I think they're dangerous once they're in. I wouldn't be shocked if, hey, they win a game, two games, make the Sweet 16. I wouldn't be shocked. E.K. and Maldonado are good players. I just thought, you know, losing that game to Boise, they were kind of lucky to beat UNLV. I just, that's the kind of team the committee usually screws over. But uh, they put them in. I'm happy they're in. I agree. I think they're dangerous tomorrow. I, I mean, uh, with them plus the four. And yeah, I agree with you. Usually, you know, these smaller schools, you win your conference tournament, it's kind of, it was the, Unwritten rule, or I guess it's the written rule. You get your chance for, at an upset. You get your chance at the one seed, whether you're Tor Texas Corpus Christi or Texas Southern. You should be in the tournament. You shouldn't have to play another playing game. So uh, I'm with you. I don't know if these teams dislike it as much as we dislike it because they get to be on standalone national TV. You know, if you're Texas Southern, what's the, you know, you, I know it's true TV or whatever they put the games on, but hey, you're the only game on. Everyone's watching you. So uh, it's like an advertisement for your school. Feels like Texas Southern for whatever reason. Maybe I'm just, this is my memory. Uh, deserting me but it feels like texas southern's in this game every year uh i think they might have been in it last year uh, so nothing right. else in in terms of these other games nothing else really jumps out at you in terms of the playing uh no not really no yeah i haven't i haven't dove too deep into those 16 seed games just quite yeah i think texas a&m what is it corpus christi yeah i think i like them like i said i haven't handicapped this this game yet but i think i bet on them a few times this year I think I'm going to go with them. I haven't locked that bet in yet, though. I've got to look into that one a little bit deeper. All right. We'll start. We'll, we'll go around with some of these local games. Uh, Yale, Purdue. Now, Purdue, uh, I and mean, they could make Yale look bad here, win by 20-plus. The line is, I believe it's still 16-and-a-half at Bet River Sportsbook. It is. Um, we've seen some movement on this one. Purdue struggles to guard. They're obviously explosive on offense. Yale's a good defensive team. Do you give Yale any chance to hang in this game? And, and how do you like this game in terms of the number? Yeah, I don't. I'm on Purdue. I, I got Purdue at uh, 15 and a half. Uh, I think if there's any team that was going to hang around with anyone from the Ivy League, I think it was going to be Princeton. I think they were the best team in the Ivy League by a wide margin. Obviously, they lost to Yale uh, in the championship game because those things happen and, you know, one game elimination. So Yale got in. But uh, I mean, 170th in effective field goal percentage Yale is, 103rd in defensive efficiency, 173rd in turnovers, 159th in rebounding. So they're putting up very average numbers against the Ivy League. Uh, so good luck going up against a Purdue team that's one of the best shooting teams uh, in the entire country. So uh, obviously I wish the line was a little bit shorter, but I got it at 15 and a half. I'm pretty comfortable with that. Yeah, um, this could be one of those ones. You're on Yale and you look up the first score, you see it's like 23 to nine. You say, "Oh boy, right. I made a I made a big mistake here." Purdue's obviously very explosive, not great on defense. I think they'll get picked off at some point, but uh, would lean Yale here, but that very tentative lean. I'm not sure that I'm going to bet it. I haven't bet it yet. Um, how about UConn, New Mexico State? Uh, New Mexico State's a pretty good team, 26 and six. Won the WAC regular season, won the conference tournament pretty uh, convincingly. Got a lot of size. They're good on defense. Teddy Allen's a good scorer. UConn, I think we talked about last week, they really go through these droughts where they can't shoot, they can't score. Uh, any chance for an upset here? How do you like this game? Yeah, so I, I, I've been hearing a lot of Sharps really like New Mexico State in this game. Uh, I actually don't. I'm going to lay the points with UConn. Uh, one, a big, one of my big strategies, and maybe it's a good strategy, maybe it's not. That Obviously, <laughs> up for debate. I'm not going to die on this hill. But it is one that I've used in the past and it has been successful at times. Is that if I'm looking at a team that... Uh, 
has a potential to pull off an upset against a team from a really good conference like a UConn, I think there's two key things or kind of one very key stat, and that's turnovers and forcing turnovers. Because I think to beat these teams, you have to steal possessions away from that team and you have to make the most of your possessions. So yeah, New Mexico State is a good shooting team. They're pretty solid defensively. But turnovers are 317th in the country in turnovers per possession and 267th in opponent turnovers per possession. So I think to beat a team as good as UConn, I, I, I think they need to steal possessions and not waste possessions. But yeah, you look at turnovers and that's not what they do. They give up the ball a lot, waste those possessions, uh, and you can't do that against a team like UConn. So uh, they're going to have to absolutely shoot the lights out and hope that UConn has one of those bad shooting games that they're kind of uh, prone to have at points this season. But uh, I think the line's a little too short. I know a lot of sharps do like New Mexico State, but I'm going to lay the points with UConn. All right, here's another one that could get out of hand. Uh, Kentucky and St. Peter's. Kentucky laying 17. Uh, I would. I know St. Peter's had a nice year. I would have to have a hard time seeing uh, the caliber of athlete of Kentucky versus the caliber of athlete of St. Yeah. Peter's. This could be a little bit of a of a culture shock, like going from seeing a knuckleball pitcher to a guy throwing 99. I think this will be a rough day for St. Peter's. Uh, how do you like this in terms of the spread? Yeah, I'm really scaring myself because basically every game that we're talking about, I'm laying the points with a big favorite, uh, which usually doesn't work out. But St. Peter's is does have good defensive numbers, but I mean, you I mean you mentioned it. Is that defense going to hold up against a team like Kentucky as opposed to teams like Quinnipiac or Marist? Uh, and then you look at St. Peter's offensive numbers, and while playing in a bad division or a bad conference, they were still 273rd in effective field goal percentage, 312th in turnovers. They foul a ton, 346th in fouls per possession. So uh, this is a bad offense from a bad conference, and now they have to take on a team like Kentucky. Like they they might not score 30 points in this game. So. I haven't locked in my bet for this one yet because I was considering either going to lay the points with Kentucky, but I might just take the under and kind of hope that their defense does kind of stand up and at least give Kentucky some kind of issues um, and then just lead to a low-scoring game. So haven't locked it in yet, but it, it definitely not going to be betting on St. Peter's for sure. I can't bet on an offense that bad uh, against an SEC powerhouse like Kentucky. Yeah, I, I would have that same thought about the under. I would just worry about all those misses leading to easy transition points for Kentucky. Correct. And once that snow, once that starts, it kind of snowballs, and you know you, you look up, and that's another scenario where it's it's twenty to five before you even blink if you're St. Peter's, and we know how that'll go. Yeah. Um, all right, TCU Seton Hall, basically a pick 'em total one thirty. Uh, this could be a rock fight. TCU is ugly, plays ugly. We know Dixon style. Uh, Seton Hall, same thing, a grind it out type of team. Any bet in this game? Yeah, very similar game like you mentioned. I'm going to go Seton Hall. I got it at a pick'em. I've seen some one-point spreads out there, but I was I managed to get Seton Hall at a pick'em. Uh, very similar teams, 230th and 281st in effective field goal percentage, so neither team's a great shooting team. 46th and 59th in defensive efficiency, so neither team can shoot. Both teams can play strong, uh, strong defense, but two main reasons why I like Seton Hall here. Number one, TCU is 55th in two-point shot rate, so the majority of their offense comes down low in the interior. And now they're facing a Seton Hall team that ranks 17th in opponent two-point field goal percentage. So Seton Hall's biggest strength probably on their entire team is their interior defense. So I think that's going to cause TCU a lot of issues. And also it's a stat that I keep bringing up. It's one of my favorite ones in college basketball, especially come uh, tournament time. And it's turnovers. Seton Hall, 114th in turnovers per possession. So not great, but not bad. But TCU is one of the worst teams in the country coughing up the ball. 339th. Uh, in turnovers per possession. So 
Uh, I think it's a good stylistic matchup defensively for Seton Hall, and I can't trust TCU uh, with them turning the ball over that much. So I'm going to take Seton Hall as a pick em. Yeah, that's a, that's a Friday night game. That might might put you to sleep. That's Friday night, like about 10 o'clock Eastern, so that's one of the last games. To yeah, tip. I think it is the last game. Yeah, it has to be. has to be. That's about as late as it gets. Uh, before we get into region by region, uh, are you doing any brackets? Have you filled out brackets yet? I have filled out brackets. I've done my rough draft. So what I do is I fill out a bracket based on what I know already, and then I handicap every game individually, and then I go back and make a few slight changes to the bracket. So um, I have filled out one bracket, and what I'm doing this year, and I'm curious your opinion on it, is I'm in several bracket pools, but I'm only submitting one bracket. Uh, so the same bracket for all the pools that I'm in. I don't know if that's a smart move or not, but I just find years in the past I'll submit like multiple different brackets, but then I don't really know what I'm cheering for. Like you kind of make like, uh, I need this team to win in two brackets, but I need them to lose in the three other ones. So it, it kind of makes it uh, annoying to cheer for. So I'm just going to stick to one and just kind of die on the hill and see how it goes. So uh, I'm curious what, what what your thoughts are on that. Do you create multiple ones or do you just stick with one? I totally, no, I totally co-sign with the one. Uh, I've done it in the past where I've done multiple. And like you said, it's like playing fantasy football where you're on three different right. teams and you can't even enjoy a touchdown because, hey, I, this guy's on my team in this league, but right. I'm playing against him in another okay. league. It, it takes the enjoyment out of it. And obviously you want to win, you want to win money, but uh, and maybe it's a better strategy to diversify your portfolio and pick three different champions, but you're taking all the enjoyment out of it. You know, you have one, it's easier to track, it's easier to follow. It, it, it adds more fun to it. You know, hey, I need Wisconsin to win this game. I need this team to lose. Yeah, It's too much. Yeah, it's too much between bets and having three or four different variations of brackets. I think, you know, one bracket, hey, if you're in multiple pools, uh, that, that's fine. But I would just, I think it's too much to diversify and start picking different combinations and different stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, so that, so that's what I'm, I'm going to go with this year. But I'm sure it'll probably be busted within within by the end of the first weekend so we'll see how it goes it's hard to win these things anyway and if you're going to win you know right. what you're going to win them all you're going to you're going to cash in on all of it so might as well uh might as well swing for the fences let's start with uh let, let's go through some of these regions here and just let me know you know who you like to win if you think there's any value we'll start in the east here kentucky's the one seed they're plus 150 purdue three to one as is baylor uh ucla plus 350 texas is 20 to one i'm sorry kentucky's the one seed baylor's Kentucky's the two, Baylor's the one, uh, right. Purdue's the three. Uh, so I'll start over here. Kentucky plus 150, Purdue is three to one, as is Baylor. UCLA plus 350, Texas and St. Mary's are 20 to one, as is North Carolina. Uh, Virginia Tech, 25 to one. San Francisco and Indiana, both 50 to one. Murray State, 60 to one. Wyoming, 100 to one. Anyone else you can kind of forget about. Anything there uh, that catches your eye? Yeah, I think I think the East is is the toughest one to call. They, I, I think it's the strongest region. It has the weakest one seed, but I think overall it, it it's the strongest region. So, um, in terms of my bracket, I mean my bracket in terms of Final Four, it's extremely square. So I do have Kentucky coming out of it at, at, as a number two seed, but I mean UCLA, I think could do it. I think UNC is sneaky good. I I think UNC might be Baylor uh, in the round of thirty two. Uh, Purdue, I just don't, I don't trust, the, I don't trust them defensively. Texas runs into a couple issues. Murray State, I think is, and this isn't exactly uh, the most shocking thing to say, the hottest take in the world, but I think Murray State's the hot, the, the best mid-major team probably in this tournament right now, um, outside of obviously like Gonzaga. Um, but I, I have Kentucky winning it. I, I, it's just every other team that, that I'm looking at in that region has at least one weakness that kind of scares me away. If it's not Kentucky, I think you got to go UCLA. 
Yeah, I could see it. I'm tempted by Wyoming, but Wyoming's got to win the extra game. So you're basically asking to hit a five-team parlay where they're pretty much going to be underdogs in every game. So maybe it's like we talked about last week. Maybe you just try to have the discipline and take the money line, bet it straight, roll it over, bet it yeah. again, because uh, you're going to have to win five in a row to get to a final four here if you're Wyoming with the playing game. And not impossible. We've seen teams get in the playing and win a game and do well. They get a feed on uh, a game under them. Uh, you know, we've seen Syracuse do well in it. We saw VCU make a Final Four. It, UCLA last year. UCLA last year. It's a perfect example. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I'm with you. I think Kentucky, I do think, comes out of it. But uh, you can talk me into some of these other teams. I'm not a fan of Auburn. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm looking at the other one. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm gun to my head, I think, Kentucky. I think Kentucky's kind of flying under the radar here. I think, you know, usually they have that one-and-done superstar, so they're more of a marquee team. They're more of a, a talking point, but they're kind of flying under the radar here. Uh, we'll move on here to what is the Midwest. I mentioned Auburn, who I am not a fan of. Uh, Kansas is the favorite here. They're the one seed plus 150. Auburn is three to one, as is Iowa. Wisconsin and LSU are 10 to one. Miami and, Ohio and Iowa State, 20 to one. USC, 25 to one. Creighton, 28 to one. San Diego State, 35 to one. Uh, South Dakota State, 75 to one. And then uh, nobody else with, with much of a, ch a realistic chance, at least. Uh, to me, this is the softest bracket. This is a pretty good draw here for Kansas. I mean, yeah. Auburn, I'm not a huge fan of. They're big-time boomer bust. Uh, Wisconsin's a little overrated. How about Providence is the four seed? They have the 10th best odds at 28-1 to 1, um, to come out here. This is really just a, a surprising you know, sort of sequence here where you know, you got a four seed who's kind of a phony team, a two seed who's not that strong. I think this is by far the weakest bracket. Uh, any thoughts here in terms of futures? Yeah, I've named this region the uh, the the region of frauds because you mentioned it. They're, I mean, I've I've been screaming from the mountaintops all season. I think Wisconsin's the biggest fraudulent team in, in the entire country. They're the three seed. Auburn, I agree with you on Auburn. Not high on them. A lot of people don't like USC. They think USC is a bit fraudulent. I don't know if I'm ready to commit to that, but still, Providence, another kind of fraudulent team. Uh, so, yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I think this is the weakest region. I have Kansas coming out of it. I think if you're looking at it from a future standpoint, I think it's uh, – it's the only, I mean, if you're not going Kansas, the only other team has to be Iowa, right? I mean, Iowa obviously just yeah. won the Big Ten, the hot, one of the hottest teams heading into the March Madness. I don't see how any other team in this region can win it. Uh, the issue with Iowa, obviously, is – they're kind of up. They have to take on Kansas uh, there in the Sweet 16. Uh, so if you look at kind of the lower part of the region, phew, maybe it's even USC, to be honest. I mean, I, I do feel like everyone's underrating the Pac-12 again. Uh, I think there is kind of, and this might be a stupid take, but I think there is kind of an issue where a lot of people on the East Coast don't watch the Pac-12 because it's on so late. They were underrated last year. And, didn't they have like three teams in the Elite Eight or like five teams in the in the Sweet 16 or something yeah. like that? Uh, I think the Pac-12 was once again being underrated. Now, what, I'm not a big believer in USC, but I'm just looking at the lower portion of that bracket. I do have Auburn uh, advancing uh, to the Elite Eight against against Kansas, but I, like I, I just I, I just don't don't know who else would come out of the lower region. Maybe USC. Um, yeah, so definitely the weakest bracket. I think if you're looking at a future other than Kansas, go Iowa. Yeah, I'm with you. And there's always that one team. I mean, you look at the brackets and you think, all right, this team can't lose, that team can't lose. There's usually a team, you know, six or lower that sneaks into the bunch. I mean, we had that one year, I think it was 2008, where all four one seeds got in. But usually there's one, if not two, that kind of sneak through is a six and eight. You know, we've seen 11 to make it. So usually there's one. Uh, 
who knows if it's this year if we get one or two or we, it's not impossible you know we don't get any but usually one does sneak through and that's where you can find some uh some value we'll move on to the south here which i think is just a loaded loaded region arizona plus 140 nova plus 350 tennessee uh, four to one, Houston five to one, Illinois eight to one, Michigan sixteen to one, Ohio State twenty to one, Loyola Chicago forty to one, TCU uh, fifty to one, Colorado State and UAB are eighty to one, Chattanooga hundred to one. No thank you there. Uh, to me, this is a loaded region. I mean, Illinois is a four seed, Tennessee underseeded is a three. Nova's really good. Arizona might be the best team. Uh, any thoughts here in terms of this bracket? Yeah, loaded region. Once again, my final four square. I mean, I got. Another one's I do have Arizona winning this. Arizona's my my pick to win the whole thing as well. Um, but it is a loaded bracket. What'd you say the odds were for Illinois to, to, to win it? Eight to one. Eight to one to just come out of the region. If I'm talking about a dark horse to win a region, Illinois eight to one to win this region. I think they're being a little bit underrated. They kind of underperformed in the Big Ten tournament, obviously. Uh, but I think they're an extremely uh complete team. Kofi Coburn, obviously one of the best uh players in the country. So if you're looking at, I mean, eight to one for the, for them to to win that region, I kind of like that. What's Villanova as the two seed? Plus three fifty. Mm, I I don't love that. I would like a, a little a little bit better odds yeah. than that. But uh, yeah, with Villanova, the one thing about being the two, you avoid Arizona the extra game. That's you make true. Illinois deal with them in the Sweet Sixteen, uh, so you could have Illinois knock off Arizona conceivably uh, in that round, and then you have to deal with with Illinois. So at least you avoid them around later. That's to me, that's a loaded bracket. Even Houston at the five. I mean, Houston was a top five, top 10 team all year. And there's a five seed. Uh, to me, this is the strongest bracket. I have a question for you, uh, with a first round game in this bracket. What are your thoughts on Ohio state and Loyola? Haven't dove too deep into it. Haven't dove too deep into it. I would lean Loyola here. Uh, I think that's a really good game. Um, it's not the it's not the prototypical Loyola team. It's not the team what was it three or four years ago that snuck into the Final Four. But I don't love this Ohio State team. I think if you can hold up against Liddell and sort of limit him, you have a chance. They don't really have a lot of you know offense. A lot of guys that create shots away from Liddell. So I would lean towards Loyola here. Um, what about you? Yeah, when the bracket got released, everyone I saw everyone on Twitter just jumping on Loyola, saying easiest pick of the first round. Easy. They say it's like, always dangerous. I don't think Loyola is as good as people think. Like, I think that they're thinking of last year's team because last yeah. year's Loyola team was very good, obviously. Beat Illinois there uh, in the second round. But this is a team that wasn't even the regular season champion of their conference. They won the conference tournament, uh, but they were 13-5 and in the conference, 25-7 and overall. I don't, I don't think, and I think they're even a one-point favorite in that game against Ohio State. I'm on Ohio State. I mean, I'm not going to back Ohio State to win more than one game, but... I think a lot of people are overvaluing Loyola because of their past success in the tournament as kind of that fun underdog mid-major team to root for. But I don't think they're that team this year. I think they're kind of lucky to win their conference tournament and be in this to begin with. Yeah, uh, I'm totally with you. Totally with you. Um, so, yeah, I, I would agree. Illinois is, is interesting there. That's, again, that's a loaded region. Uh, another pretty loaded region is the West. Gonzaga's the one seed. They're actually a minus. This is the first minus in any of these. Uh, minus 185 to come out of this region and go to the Whoa. Final Four. Yeah, I know. Uh, Duke's 5-1. to one, Texas Tech, 6-1. to one, Arkansas, 11-1. to one, UConn, 16-1. to one, Bama, 33-1, to one, as is Memphis. Michigan State, 50-1. to one, Notre Dame, 66-1. Uh, Boise, 80-1. to one, Davidson, who's not bad, 100-1. to one, As is Vermont, 100-1. to one. Uh, who, who do you like here as a sleeper? Um, 
Actually, well, if you're just talking about like completely off the board, would you say Davidson 100 to one? Yeah. Don't hate that, to be honest. If you're talking about a 10 seed that that might be able to make a push here and 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 uh, make it to the final four, I don't. I mean, 100 to one. Uh, Davidson, very solid team all around. Uh, I'm actually kind of buying low a little bit on Duke. What did you say Duke's regional odds were? Yeah, they are. They gotta be second on the odds list. Five to one. Five Duke's to one. five to one to win that region. Yeah. I think I might bet on uh, on Duke there. I mean, I I think people are they undervaluing them terribly. I know what you mean. They have the talent. They have the pros. Boy, they've defended terribly. Something just seems off with that team. But I, I know what you mean. You are buying low. Yeah, I mean, they they lost uh, the final regular season game against UNC. That left a bad taste in people's mouths. And then they lost to Virginia Tech in the ACC championship. So people are low on Duke right now. Like you said, I mean, it's a talented team. They they already beat Gonzaga this year as well, don't forget. So they can and have beat Gonzaga already. Yeah. So 5-1. to one, uh, I think, I mean, any team to win a region of minus 180. I mean, I think that's I mean, Gonzaga has looked vulnerable at times this year. I mean, yeah. they already lost to St. Mary's. So to put them as minus 180 to win a region is insane to me. I think I'd have to take Duke there. Yeah, even if they play Memphis in the second round, Memphis is not an easy out by any stretch. No. Uh, we've seen Gonzaga get upset. Everyone can get upset. I think it was Gonzaga was a one Wichita State about seven or eight years ago. Wichita State beat them uh, in the second round. I mean, they'd have to play either Arkansas or UConn in the Sweet 16. I don't know that UConn can score enough to beat them, but uh, either Texas Tech or Duke in Elite Eight. Yeah, that's not an easy road for Gonzaga. Not an easy road for Duke either. Usually Duke uh, kind of gets a favorable draw where they get like a, a, you know, a silver spoon in their mouth and they get a, a nice cushy path to the Final Four. I don't think they have that uh, this year. Any major upsets, any, you know, 13, 14, 15 seed. I think, you know, we all know by now a 12 always beats a 5 and 11 beats a 6. Yeah. Even 13s and 4s aren't crazy. Anything like, you know, totally off the radar, I'll say 14, 15 seed. I guess you can use a 13. Anyone you give a, a good chance to win here. I know Colgate, uh, a lot of people think is live, which I would agree with. Uh, what, what do you like? You just mentioned it. I have, uh, I have a 14. Toothpaste. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, toothpaste, the dentist. Uh, I yeah I actually have them going to the uh, to the Sweet 16 believe it or not as as a 14 seed they kind of remind me of Oral Roberts last year a, a team that can shoot and any team that can shoot well if they get hot they can you know beat just about anyone if if they have a really good game 11th in the country in effective field goal percentage and that's exactly where Wisconsin has struggled with it is their shooting Wisconsin's like something like 200 and like. 49th or something in effective field goal percentage so their biggest weakness is Colgate's biggest strength when you look at each team's last three games Colgate first in the entire country in effective field goal percentage so this is a team that can shoot the basketball I think I have them upsetting Wisconsin in the first round and then I have them beating Iowa State in the second round so I have, I have a Colgate as a 14 seed uh, going all the way to the Sweet 16 and I have a 13 seed going to the Sweet 16 as well uh, and that's Vermont I think okay. Arkansas is overrated. I think Vermont beats Arkansas in the first round. Uh, and then I, I, I think they, they beat whoever comes out of UConn and, and New Mexico State, which is probably going to be UConn. So, and UConn's another team that struggled with their shooting. So I have Vermont as a 13 seed in the Sweet 16 and uh, Colgate as a 14 seed in the Sweet 16. Wow, I would love that. I don't know if CBS and the ratings would love that, but boy, that would be different. <laughs> that would be fun. Those teams, yeah, Vermont's really good. I mean, they it's hard to gauge them because they just destroyed that conference. I think that was a down year for the American East, and they just ran rough shot over the teams in the regular season conference tournament. I think they won their conference finally, eighty-two to forty. Yeah, but like forty Something points. Crazy, yeah. insane, just insane. That's always that weird uh, eleven a.m. Saturday game, the, the day before selection, the American East final. Yeah, they just killed. 
Uh, I forget who it was, but it's a good team. That line's moved. That started, that, that opened seven and a half, and I think taking a, a lot of sharp money. It's down to five now at Bet Rivers. Um, yeah, and they get back on defense, too. I think they're seventh in the country in transition defense, and that's Arkansas's game. They want to out-athlete you. They want to get out in transition. If you can get Great back point. on defense and not have them kill you there, you know, you can post up, you can cut, you can, you know, make uh, Arkansas work on defense. And we saw Arkansas struggle with Colgate last year in the first round. Colgate got a big lead. Arkansas came yeah. storming back. They might have even covered. So uh, I think they did yeah, cover I, right at the end because I think I, I remember that game. I was on Arkansas. But, uh, yeah, Colgate, yeah, Colgate gave them issues last year. Yeah, absolutely. Colgate covered that game, or is that depending on when you got the number? I'm trying to think of who covered it. Was, I it think was Arkansas those... covered right at, right at the end. Yeah, it was a tough one because Colgate, I think, had uh, – Top of my head, eight, nine-point underdog, and they led by, I don't know, 15. I don't know if it got up to 20, but they had a big lead, and uh, yeah. Arkansas hit them with just a crazy, like a 35-8 to eight run, something crazy to uh, to cover that number or just about cover that number. All right, you mentioned you like Arizona to win it all. Who do you have them playing? Do you have a, a Final Four at least sketched out here in terms of like a rough draft? Yeah, I mentioned earlier my Final Four is extremely square. I got three ones and a two. I got Gonzaga Ooh. against Kentucky, Gonzaga beating Kentucky, and then Arizona against Kansas on the other side of the Arizona winning. So as, yeah. as, as about as square of a Final Four as possible, but uh, that is subject to change once I uh, kind of finish my handicapping of, of each team here. But, I mean, right now I, it's, it's, it's about as square as it gets. You need a job with ESPN. You pulled the Jay Billis where he pulls three ones, four ones, three ones in a two seed. You went square yeah. on us. I could see it. I thought about doing the same thing because sometimes, you know, with these brackets, you you pick what you want to root for and you, oh, I got a six seed going to the final four and I got a 13 seed in the elite eight. And then, you know, two days in your bracket's blown up. Sometimes safer is better. You're not, you're, you're going to be at least in it until the end and be interested. I, you know, this year there's not that dominant team, but it's more balanced. So I don't know if that'll mean more upsets, fewer upsets. Uh, should be a lot of fun either way. I'll let you get out of here. You got a lot of prep to do. This is uh, like like studying for final exams here. It's a yes. lot of work. It's a lot of fun. I appreciate you coming on. Ian McMillan, check out his work at BetSided where he is the senior editor. Appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks. I enjoyed it. Thanks, man. It was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, good luck with your bets this week. Good luck with your brackets. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be in touch throughout the tournament, I'm sure. All right. Thanks, man. You too. Appreciate it. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thanks to Ian McMillan. Always enjoy having him on. As we approach the tournament, uh, Rutgers plays on Wednesday. The whole thing starts on Thursday, so we'll do plenty of tournament the next couple of days. We'll talk to you guys soon. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.